The Bar Group, raising the bar in real estate. Your Lake Highlands, Lakewood, Preston Hollow Pros. You can find them at thebargroup.com. Unparalleled customer service for your real estate needs. The Bar Group. Coming through. There's a there's like a handful of people in this world, very small handful, that can that can uh, really like calm me down. And um, one of them was my mom and dad. That's well, both of them. Two. My parents are one. And then number two was Coach Oscar Blair, uh, Eastfield College, played there for a year, and then transferred to Southeastern after that. Um, and then my wife, and this man right here. Is it Dr. Joe Dinefer or is it Joe Dinefer? What, what do we call you by, man? <laughs> I, I think uh, I don't know everything that people call me, but um, usually I go by <laughs> Joe. I shot right, I shot right to him because I have the utmost respect for this man. And like I told him, I've been watching him from afar and near since probably 99 or 98, back when he had the rope zone and all these amazing things he did. I even listened to cassettes when this guy was – was in the trenches of making books and he plays music and he's got an amazing family and a daughter who's super smart and he owns on court, off court, an amazing, uh, uh, how would you do How would you describe in a few words, Mr. Joe Dinefer or Sir Joe Dinefer on court, off court? Well, if you, if you cut out the accolades, I'll do whatever, almost whatever you want. That's a big um, the, um, I mean, we started, the history is we started in 1994 and uh, why it started was my motivation to help the students I was teaching. Uh, ended up having 30 years of, of teaching uh, under my belt. And, um, you know, it's it's frustrating when they don't learn quickly and you end up report, repeating yourself. They're all so stupid, you know what I mean? They don't get it. Thank God. So basically started, you know, first I consulted with people like Dr. Jim Lair, Jack Grapple, and some others involved in the business, including Jim Bob at that time. And um, everyone warned me against starting a company that would focus on helping people learn faster. So uh, I basically ignored the advice. Exactly. I was going to say, you're like, oh, bullshit. <laughs> I ignored the advice. But realized within a couple of years that if I was to support my family with a business, I had to uh, spread out a little bit. So we started offering other products like nets, windscreens, ball machines. At first, I was totally uh, against that. I was a purist, mm -hmm. like many of us, well, and right. uh, only wanted to just focus on learning and accelerating learning and, you know, networked a lot, learned a lot from uh, people like Mike Kernodal and old-time coaches ranging from uh, Paul Xanthos all the way up to Vic Braden and beyond, worked with Peter Burwash for 10 years uh, before starting the company and, and learned a lot with him as well. Um, That's a did clinical idea. studies. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, let's, let's focus on – well, first of all, thank you for coming, man. I, I know you're busy, and, and I know you um, are uh, out there – doing great things with family and friends uh, in the sport, but let's talk pickleball. I mean, what, what you've been, been entrenched in tennis and high levels and all levels possible. What, what's a good way to describe um, pickleball and what you're doing with it and all that? 
Well, you know, it, it's interesting. We got contacted um, by you now called USA Pickleball or, or um, the, uh, what was it before that? USAPA, the USA yes. Pickleball Association. Now it's yes. just USA Pickleball. USAPA. Uh, to make a net for them because they thought if they could offer a net system to their customers, it would be a good thing. And we had already private labeled nets that we had uh, been creating and patented for many years for companies like Headpan and others. And um, we did it. And that was in the early days of the governing body of pickleball emerging, like the first few years. Wow. Way back now, close to 20 years ago. So our, uh, and interestingly, our business, you know, from just a small part of it grew to the point where pickleball is about 50% of our, of our business. And well, we started as a tennis company, as you know, so. I will tell you, and, 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 and I'm not being biased when I say this, you know, I'm a horrible liar. Those rolling necks you have, those delic del deluxe ones with the silver. I mean, those things, uh, those are, not, they're nonstop. They're awesome. And I highly recommend it. I'm not. I'm not plugging you. I, I, I am, but I'm not doing. It, I'm not doing it on purpose. Well, no, like, this all thank sounds. You. That sounds really shitty, doesn't it? I'm just saying. I got a lot of respect yeah. for the net. All right. <laughs> I mean, like when you when you're home with your family, right? And there's a a, a leaky sink. What do you do? You know, hey, you, try to you either it. fix it or call the plumber. At the very least, you put something underneath it to contain the water that's dripping. Yes, sir. And um. That's, I, I think that's kind of my nature to do that, to try to find a little bit of a better way. So when I was setting up portable nets, uh, whether it be for tennis or pickleball, they always use the round tubing and the round tubing twists and then the net itself would be out of alignment, you know, oh, and, oh yeah. and just, yeah, like that. So oh yeah. we came up with the idea of um, uh, oval tubing, oh. which... Uh, oh, is yeah. aligned, remains aligned. Yes. That's, that's it. So we have, with the oval tubing, we've got seven, eight different net systems. Um, the biggest seller we have is that Pickle Net Deluxe. Oh, I mean, it is. Which you were just, that's our, that's our you know, our, our sweet spot, so to speak, is a, a product. Can I want 10 of them for free now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry? I said I want 10 of them for free. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm just messing with you. So, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's just solving problems. You know, I, I brought, I don't have training aids with me. I have a home office, but I brought this. And it's um, obviously a tennis ball, but, uh, you know, we have a pickleball product that partnered with uh, Lenny, Lenny uh, Schloss and Billie Jean King's iCoach that where it goes on yeah. and with the pickleball and people get a feel for ball rotation. So instead of just a tennis ball and a stick, Sort of what we did is we, you know, we injected foam. This is a foam injected tennis ball. It cannot break. Yep. So with an axis, so it spins really easy. So that's an example of instead of telling people, uh, you know, to create spin, whether it's pickleball or tennis or, or, or table tennis for that matter. Um, I learned through clinical studies that we need to give them a feel and that words are not the best way to communicate. So my... Um, you know, sign was, uh, or one of my slogans, so to speak, is speak less, communicate more. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> but it's true, you know, with regards to seeing it, instead of just saying Yeah, it. and that's not a new, it's it, very interesting. There's a, there was a, a first century 
this is over 2,000 years ago, um, philosopher. He was a town, he was apparently Greek and he was captured as a slave by Italy. And his name was Publilius Cyrus. And you can Google him. And he has a lot of sayings as a philosopher he's well known for. And the one I always liked was, I often regretted my speech, but seldom my silence. Ah, that means yeah, say less means more, right? Yeah, less is more. And when we teach, you know, whether it's pickleball, tennis, or whatever it is, or kids in a classroom, typically, you know, teachers rely on words to communicate. But that is not the best way that people learn. They learn visually or kinesthetically. In fact, 98%, according to this clinical study on court we did with 50 players, uh, 98% of them learn either visually predominantly or predominantly kinesthetically, which is through feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for example, and only 2% auditory. Auditory. That's the principal way of learning. Yet, our principal way of teaching is verbal. Verbal, verbal. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, and, and, and to top that off, you know, coaches, they, they put people in lines, pickleball or tennis or whatever, they put people in lines. And then they're having them hit one ball. The person misses, hypothetically, uh, or a lot. Realistically. And, uh, <laughs> then they have to go to the end of the line, dwelling on their on their failure. And then the coach it embarrasses them by yelling across the net, hey, you know, Mary, lower that racket and hit higher. You know, so you're giving instruction to someone who's in an uh, emotional, depressed state. And, you know, from just missing a shot. I was right. one of those guys for seven years at the Mecca, man. I, I remember doing that. And then, and you know, and, and we all have. We <laughs> yeah. all, I remember when I was a kid, I started volunteering for the USTA. In fact, I grew up in White Plains, New York, and uh, left as, as soon as I could at 17. But uh, <laughs> I volunteered for the city, uh, the USTA program for the city in the summers just to learn, you know, and help out, give me something to do. And I like tennis. And, um, then I taught privately on some private courts, and I figured out the serve. You know, I remember that, that toy you made, that teaching, teaching. Figuring out the serve. You know, okay, I've been playing since I was five. I was decent. I, had, I was tall enough to have a pretty good serve. And I broke down the serve into 30 steps. And I was so, like, proud of myself <laughs> that I had memorized those 30 steps. And then, uh, you know, I would recite them to the... <laughs> <laughs> to the student holy you know, shit I never, I, I never thought to ask him do you remember what number 14 was you no. know what i mean no i don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> no so you gotta talk, throw a ball toss tap it you know oh, and then you can awesome. fine tune depending on that. what they do individually yeah. you know the, the expression that's important is uh one size fits one <laughs> one size does yeah. not fit all True. so coaches tend to t- to teach how they learned Exactly. And people impose that on their own children. That's a true point. Well, my kids don't play tennis, and I'm pretty laid back. So, you know, I think you're right about that. Well, so with 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 regards to do you play at all, or you just kind of watch, or do you have fun with it, or with pickleball, or does anybody I, do it? I was um, about two years ago, I tore my supraspinatus in half and had slapped tear and bicep tendonitis. I'm going through rehab. And hopefully in the next few months, I'm going to start hitting again. But, uh, uh, 
I think our friend Adrian Chabria and I used to get out near White Rock Lake. I know where you guys used to hit. I remember all that, man. Uh, it was fun. I, I love I, it. <laughs> Um, so with regards to the, to the, to your injury, this is one of the things that's awesome about pickleball. They'll never go overhand, right? So you can do the underhand serve. Shoulders are not a major injury point. Um, you know, and, and for pickleball versus tennis, obviously huge, huge entry level advantages. You can pick up pickleball and have fun right away. Tennis is one of those sports that's difficult. It's more like, you know, a, an instrument like a piano oh, yeah. or a guitar, you know, it's hard to pick up and have fun right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I grew up as a percussionist. I, I would say drums are easier. Yes. Because everyone can just, you know, kind of tap on a little drum and have fun or my teachers didn't like it, but I learned all my rudiments on the desks in school. Of course you did. Yeah. All my paradiddles, double stroke rolls, triples, flam taps. We, we all know the heart of the band is the bass player. So uh, you follow their lead, but nobody wants to believe that, but I believe that. So speaking of the heart of the band, what's the heart of the brand right now? So do you have anything that's coming out with pickleball for uh, that's, you know, you want to chat about with the new nets, new pals, you guys, what are you guys all like adding to pickleball with regards to really consistent basis? What do you guys like the most? Other than that, yeah, you know, um, I am always most enlivened when when we can help people through either visual training aids or target systems or, you know, anything that's a little bit better to help them speed up their improvement. Because if they improve, they're going to feel happier, continue playing no matter what it is. Pickleball is, is one of those things and it's growing obviously more than just about any sport in the country. As far as I know, it may be still at the top of the list, but um, you know, there's a good reason. It is more social uh, than most sports and uh, anyone can just pick it up and get started. There's not a big issue with grips. As you probably know, you know, seldom is somebody going to pick it up really strange. They just pick it up and could start hitting, Um, you know, not having that overhead smash, not finishing a point. I did, um, fairly extensive studies on uh, analyzing play and the length of po- points and created, I, you know, you may know, I, I write uh, a steady column for Pickleball yes. Magazine. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I've been doing that for God, six, six to eight years now. Oh, well, I didn't. So tell, um, us, tell us what that is. Oh, so you, our oh, listeners can try to look for it. What's it called again? What magazine? Uh, well, it, it's called, I, I think it's still called Cup of Joe, but they also added the science of pickleball to it. Um, you just have to look up, you know, it may be under dinks. It's in every single magazine. Oh, no and way. we also did a Cup of uh, Joe. <laughs> I know, right? You're an idiot. She said a jar of Joe or something like that, man. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it wasn't my idea, but. Um, and the. You know, we filmed, we took a high, hired somebody to do high-speed camera work. This is for pickleball, right? Um, had just a blast doing it. We filmed partially at Lakewood Country Club and put up, you know, uh, pickle nets and so forth like that to mm-hmm. film. And we identified a lot of uh, interesting information. I also went um, to various tournaments and used YouTube and counted the length of points. How many points, what percentage are dinks versus full swings 
Uh, is there a real difference in the length of points? Are there gender differences that are important? Uh, are women's points longer? Are they, you know, we know that, that pickleball is a, a, a gender equalizing sport because you can't close in. It's not about foot speed. It's really about consistency and placement. We learned that the average tennis point is uh, three hits, mm-hmm. give yeah. or take. Exactly. And the pickleball point is nine hits. Wow. Well, so you're playing a little over 30 minutes in every hour when you account for the pauses between points and switching sides and, you know, chatting and all that. And tennis is around 11 to 12, 13 minutes out of an hour. So pickleball is going to give you a little more exercise. That's right. I remember that. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I remember, yeah, we had to record those, those, those sets. And I remember you, you were talking about that and I remember doing that. And when you break that down, you're just, I know I'm just, I've been so long. So I've thought about this, but you're right. It's, it's 11 to 12 minutes, 13 minutes of play in the whole entire match. That's yeah. And when people hear that, their minds are just blown. I mean, I'm, then they start, you know, you have to, you have to question, uh, a, the way things are, are, are taught in general, you have to question when comparing sports, how long am I really active? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, <laughs> to be the person that goes to the gym and does one bench press and then says, Phew, got it, Killed I'm done. It. <laughs> you know? Got a workout today, kids. <laughs> yeah, really, I feel great. I walked from, you know, A to B. Well, it's <laughs> just, just your car, you to find a distance. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. Well, so so you said that uh, we're talking with uh, Joe Denifer, the president owner of On Court, Off Court and uh, some, several publications, books, tapes, which are now probably, geez, they're streamed like the show. And, and um, you know, I like what he said about Dr. Jim Lair, um, uh, one of his mentors, I believe one of the guys he's worked with, who I respect. And he brought the, the term sensory perception, which I may have learned this from you. I'm not lying. Um, where it's how you hold the racket, right? But that, 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 but that leads to the kinesthetic part that you were talking about. A lot of people want to feel when you have them shadow or how they need to hold the paddle or the racket. And I think that's great what you're saying. Also, the amount of physical time you put on a match in tennis or pickleball, I think that that's huge to take consideration. So you said it was three balls in tennis and then nine balls in pickleball. Is that right? I I may have messed up the terminology. Yeah, shots for the length of a point, the average length, obviously. Uh, In pickleball, it's nine shots. That means in doubles, you hit a little over two mm-hmm. balls. If it's singles, same thing, you know, and the reason is the rules. You can't close into the net and put it away. <laughs> and also the serving target is larger. I have, I gotta, I gotta tell you real quick, this is amazing stuff because this is, uh, this is a totally different perspective and that's why I'm glad you came on. Keep going. I think it's great. So anyway, that, you know, the, the other thing we looked at is, um, you know, we did this with tennis. I did it with pickleball. Also, how fast men versus women can hit the ball. Very similar. Tennis, you got the serve because anatomically we're built differently with our shoulder strength, men are. Um, but since there's no overhead serve in pickleball and overhead smashes are few and far between, um, really gender differences are, are minimized um, just tremendously. And that adds to the sociability, you know, tennis player. Here's a funny one. Um, I did this, we, we did audio testing 
Oh, to compare the sound of pickleball versus tennis. No way. Oh. Are you serious? Right? Yeah, we did. We had, you know, we measured the decibels and That's all that. You know? And what we came up with was shocking. We, really? we learned that the contact of a tennis ball hitting a tennis racket is lower in volume in decibels than pickleball. So, but everyone complains that pickleball is louder, but I'll tell you why, why that perception is, has a life of its own, that pickleball is too loud, it bothers the tennis players. And the reason is, I, I think there are three reasons, there may be four, but one of them is that the points are longer. So the sound is more steady and there's more sound coming off the pickleball mm -hmm. court. That higher, makes sense. Yeah, higher shot tolerance. Yeah, it's 20, 30% less volume with the pickleball compared to tennis. A, it's higher pitched, so it's different mm -hmm. than what they're accustomed to. Yeah. So they're going to complain because it sounds like a siren. You know, that once a month siren test we have in many communities in this country, you hear it. It's not, it doesn't have, you know, because it's different. If you're driving a car and you hear a police siren behind you, mm -hmm. Immediately, yeah, you, you have this neurophysical reaction that you know is like, "Don't fight, oh, don't fight, just fight, bro." <laughs> right? Let me. I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't give me a ticket. You know, and you come up with all this stuff. So, um, sound is very important, but the tennis sound versus pickleball. It's an interesting thing. Is the pitch is higher in pickleball, but the volume is lower. Um, however, because that many more balls are hit per hour, talking about you know, three times, Yes. well, three times as many, right? Plus, pickleball is a smaller court, so you have a lot more talking going on. It yeah. doesn't have the Wimbledon <laughs> carryover <laughs> paradigm like tennis has, where you yeah. wear dress bites and everyone's polite, and, yeah. you know, they stand up and clap like this. Don't it's clap. more like, oh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. great shot. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you missed that uh, shot. You know, sucks you for know, you. Trash talking, <laughs> there's fun. So then you put, like, in, in the area of one tennis court, you can put at least two pickleball courts. Mm -hmm. So in that area, all of a sudden, you've got eight people, right? Yeah. Longer points oh. and a higher pitched sound. <laughs> That's right. And people talking. Oh, social. Yeah. The social is the third part. Is that right? Oh, so, of course it's going to be disrupted. Are you a believer in the coost defense? Pardon me? Have you ever heard of the coost defense? Um, I think I, I heard of some things. It's supposed to be a uh, sound blocker. But not, not specifically that. Go, go ahead. It's just supposed to be a sound blocker, absorb the sound of the pickleball. It's something that. Yeah. There are all sorts of ways to learn the acoustics, but I, I think it's more than that. Um, that would have to be addressed to pacify, uh, you know, not to single out ladies, but they play in most of the leagues in this country versus yeah. the men. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be disturbing and you can't, you can't argue with it. it is, it is disturbing. Yeah. So you can play it, a, a, you know, around, uh, different hours, but it's very difficult as pickleball grows. So you said, uh, you said those three, I'm sorry, those, those three points are, uh, the points are longer. Pitch, but the volume is lower. That's so sure. There, are, the points last longer, so there are more hits, ball strikes, mm -hmm. which adds to the noise. Yep. And then people talk more. Oh yeah. And you That's got true. more people in a smaller area, so it's a more concentrated sound, uh, background sound, if you can call it a background sound. Sure. No. No. I. 
you, you know, you know, you know how it goes. You learn to just tune stuff out, and the more you play. So, uh, so any big, big, any big endeavors coming up for you uh, here with pickleball, or just, we just gonna keep going status quo? Well, uh, we always have new products in our pipeline. Well, we'll show us some of that. So, um, you know, we've got we just launched a uh, product called the Infinity Play System, which works for pickleball and tennis. Nice. And uh, we have an agreement with uh, exclusive agreement with Sports Tutor. They made like a mini tennis twist for us that holds 15, 14 balls, I think 12 tennis balls, 12 or 14 uh, pickleballs. Can't remember off the top of my head. That's nice. And uh, basically, you hit it into a net and then it cycles down into the machine and then feeds again. So you can hit again. Wow. Into the net. So it's kind of a continuous play that would work in a garage or whatever. Um, and that's one of the most exciting ones. We also added a rebound net, which yeah. angles, as you know, hitting on a wall is not realistic because no. <laughs> balls have arcs. Yeah. So you, if you hit on a perpendicular wall, the challenge is the ball, you know, it hits the wall and then goes downwards. Yes. Whereas off people's paddles, the ball goes upwards. So we have a rebound net that's very large. You can't miss it. It's ah, soft. And it's got an adjustable angle. So you can adjust it, it to that 15 degrees so the ball comes off yes. the way it should for a more realistic. Wow. Practice. That's cool. So it's like for, for, for like small confined spaces. I just, you're not going to believe this, Joe, Joe, but you help me understand something. I had to hit against the wall in my house because we couldn't really afford these lessons and all that. So I had a garage door, right? And so the garage door that was solid. And I could not miss between the frames. Now we had a second story. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and you and know so, what but, this makes me think of immediately uh, is, you know, when, when I was a kid anyway, um, and we were like doing target practicing, yeah. we would set up a, you know, a can of balls, uh -huh. right. As a target, or yeah. we put three balls down and one on top, yeah, like a little tripod. pyramid. Yeah. Tripod. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Now the question is, how often do you can you hit that target? Well, <laughs> I learned that the hard way from breaking windows out the ass. My dad got pissed. So that's why I hit the ball flat because because I kept trying to hit top spin. Do that. When I was a kid, we grew up in a just a track house. You know, yeah, yeah. a single car garage with the window panels up front, up top, and it was a wooden garage, right? That you yeah. lifted and closed. No, no electronics. Uh -huh. And I would hit tennis balls on it and break glass. And there was a cartoon, you know, every, I mean, a lot of people did that. Um, uh, there's a cartoon out that showed a woman in the kitchen listening to her son and a split thing with him breaking a garage door window. That was me, right? dude. That was probably me and you. <laughs> I know. And, and then uh, her saying, uh, you know, to herself, um, yes, I have to call the glass company again. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, that was like our first training aid. You know, the rope zone was trying to see psychologically when people are learning something, what important or how important is it for them to feel success versus experiencing failure? Um, yeah. And uh, that bullseye targeting thing we saw, they had some like Arthur Ashe Kids Day years and years ago, U.S. Open, Pete Sampras steps up. And they gave him like a, a nine and a half inch spot, you know, just a simple spot to hit with his serve. He could hardly hit it. I know. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that. You know, I mean, he was number one in the world, one of the best, you know, 
arguably the best serve in the world oh, or among man. them. And he couldn't hit it either. And that was with a serve. What's the speak of a ground stroke when you're on the run? <laughs> so my conclusion, uh, and again, I did clinical studies on court uh, while teaching in Dallas in the 90s under the supervision of guys like Mark, Mike Kernodal, PhD in sports science, and Jim Lairs, PhD in sports psychology and so forth, and took people through the steps to determine how they learned, number one, how they felt, and what size target area would be appropriate for them. And that launched the rope zone with the target areas because we came up with the fact that people psychologically should experience success about 70% of the time. You can still use that rope zone on, on pickleball courts. I mean, I mean yeah, all that yeah. stuff can we, be we actually have, you know, uh, lines that you can put down just create or areas. I mean, we sold many, 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 many uh, road zones, but it, the sales slow down over years because, you know, it, it, I, I can't speak of uh, pickleball, but it probably will evolve in the next 10 years to be like tennis more. But of all the certified tennis coaches, we know that only 10 to 15 percent attend any uh, continuing education opportunities in person conventions. And that says a lot. And then out of those, how many are really willing to invest in something that's visual or kinesthetic to help their students or put the time in just to go to Home Depot and make something? Um, it's much easier to just set up a, you know, a racket cover or a bag or a, yeah. a few balls and say yeah. aim for it. But that's so nonspecific um, and people don't feel encouraged, you know. Um, they don't understand how to make adjustments if you get too deep, you, so they'll keep making the same mistake again and again. Um, it's actually sad and frustrating. When I was in college, you know, I don't know about you, but my, I just, I did not like large lectures. No, I hated it. I couldn't, I, I, I walked away after two or three minutes. I couldn't hang on. I was ready to hit balls, you know? Yeah. I, I, I look back, that was probably a bad thing to do. It's not confession and you're not a priest, so I won't confess. <laughs> my college experience was not a good, great one. Yeah, well. Um, uh, we also did this thing testing uh, attention spans. It's kind of interesting. What are we talking what? about? Attention <laughs> I'm, just spans. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> oh yeah, got it, got it. You got me. <laughs> well, well, you got you got you got your serious face on. Let's put a fun you face know. on. Let's go to our last segment here. Uh, this is uh, called In the Kitchen, and you're gonna love this. You can make fun of me all you want, but I was cranking up some Traveling Mulberries Volume One on the way here. I had to listen to that. What are you cranking right now? Say that one more time. I'm said, having a little trouble with the audience. I said I, I was listening to Travel Berries, Volume One, on the way here, and I was jamming to that because that put me in a good mood. So, will you want to tell us what you might be cranking up a little bit, music-wise? I'm sorry, I'm really not following. Music. What are you listening in, in uh, music-wise? What do I listen to music-wise? Yeah, I listen yeah. to uh, the Wilburys, Traveling Wilburys, on the way here. I am so out of date. I, you know, I, I grew up playing percussion. Nothing wrong with that. I record, yeah, I have record, I've recorded a CD, done studio work, and um, still play, not quite as much. I'm not, like, really interested in lugging my kit to go gigging. But um, I'm, a, like, a jazz, jazz fusion guy. So you're a jazz fusion I, guy, okay. So Yeah, that's my, but I enjoy R&B, soul, blues. I see you play something. Haven't you played somewhere before? I I saw uh, well, I played around town, but not not in the last few years. Yeah, oh, well, I guess some time's flying by. That's my attention span. You know that. So, um, well, uh, the attention span has to do with 
lectures, which is what I was getting at, you know, um, and, and words. And right now, I mean, 20 years ago, it was uh, 42 words was the average attention span, which takes around 15 seconds for most of us. And it's down to eight now. I can see National that. average. Well, so eight, eight seconds. That's yeah. scary what, thoughts. What were we talking about? <laughs> no, <laughs> Shut up. Uh, nothing. I was just talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. I was crying. I watched. I got a binge watch was Hot Shots. You have a favorite movie of all time? Oh, boy. I'd say I, I really liked Life of Pi. Yes. I really liked that movie Big Fish off the, off the top of my head. Those are all, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, it did Nightmare Before Christmas. What's his name? Oh, man. The, uh, oh, the director um, did Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Oh, okay. Well, you're more of a movie buff than I am. I worked in a video store in college in two years, in high school and college. So, you know, you learn to put the same movies back and remember all the stuff. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about yourself and then... Uh, uh, well, how do people get in touch with you if they want to, or get in touch with Encore, Offcore if they want to buy some stuff, or how do people get in touch with you? How are we doing now? Well, how would people get in touch with you or your oh, company okay. if they want to order stuff? Sorry, I'm getting a little echo. I hope it comes through. If not, we it can sounds good. It um, it's just EncoreOffcore.com. No punctuation or hyphens. And that's for the company and my email. If anybody, you know, has a driving urge to chat, I'm very responsive. I learned uh, a phrase that stuck with me my whole life is to be responsible means to respond. Mm -hmm. And uh, my email is joe at oncourtoffcourt.com, J-O-E. And listen, you really do have a lot of good stuff out there with regards to mental tennis and now hopefully mental pickball and all that mental racket sports, but he's got a lot of good stuff out there. Um, and I, I can be reached at Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S at Reese racket sports.com. Watch this, watch this focus, Joe Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S at Reese racket sports.com. R-E-E-S-E-R-A-C-K-E-T-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. How'd that sound? <laughs> at least your lungs are working well. Shut up. Anyway, well, hey, man, I'm glad you came on. And and if you ever want anything great uh, at an awesome price and good quality, well, on court, off court, email this young man right here. I call him sir because that's what he is to me. And if you want to talk to me or be on my show, check us out. Download the vocal app. Check out all our shows. They all rock. Just like J.D. Dinnifer. Joe, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Have a great weekend. See you, man. Thanks so much. Right, Keep bro. up the good. Thanks. Bye. Coming through.